Yes, that tremendous rendition was from Dan. I'm Tyler. This is the Pod Oh My podcast. Welcome, welcome. Yes, sir. We are the two figures behind the Sopranos World Twitter account. So if you follow us on there, we appreciate that very much. And Dan, we've been talking about it for a little while, but we decided the podcast, it just had to happen, right? Of course. Just it had to happen. Yeah, we've been talking about it for, like I said, a little while. And at first we figured, ah, let's just keep it to the Twitter. But uh, we've been lucky enough to get, you know, a uh, a little a little following that is very loyal. And we appreciate that. So we figured, like I said, let's let's take a crack. And we talk about the show all the time. All the time, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So uh, we thought we'd uh, bring some of the business to you. Yeah, folks I that love it so much. Oh, we uh, we're both skaters, and we we go on many skates that, you know, an hour or two long that are all Sopranos related. So, we wanted to start with uh, well, first of all, I mean, there's obviously as a lot of Sopranos fans know, there's been a ton of really good podcasts about the show uh, for a while and recently. So we want you know we don't want to take anybody's. Uh, take anybody's vibe, take anybody's uh, style. Uh, so a couple of Fred Astaire's over here. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, not stepping on anybody's toes. Exactly. So, w- you know, we want to do a little bit of this and a little bit of that, but we thought on this first episode, we'd try to keep it a, a little general, so to speak, and um, keep it about season one, because I think Dan w- would say the same. A lot of people have a pretty uh, polarizing or extreme or, you know, passionate take about season one. A lot either don't like it because they feel it was kind of awkward and different from the rest of the show. Or some people love it because they feel it was different from the show. Right. uh, Yeah, I agree with that. I think um, even though I wouldn't even say it's even a love hate. I'd say sometimes uh, uh, some people say it's like the most uh, nostalgic i think mm-hmm. I- in a way of like right. a, of the of the season some people think it's uh kind of uh off uh off-putting i guess yeah, clumsy, compared almost clunky y- yeah, yeah yeah compared to the other well very well put together seasons nothing right. not not saying that the i don't think the i'm not agreeing with that right right, right no yeah we we love it i, I mean uh, we love basically every every second of what we got but we figured we try to talk about some of the things that kind of make season one unique and and give it kind of these different feelings or different tones that people have and to me and i think dan is kind of in lockstep but you know i'm a big i'm a big flag carrier for for this character um livia livia soprano her presence in season one which unfortunately isn't felt as much in season two and then hardly then after past that because she is no longer with us mm-hmm. even though we do get some references in her w- of her in dreams which we'll get into in a little bit but her presence in season one is so large because well first of all in a lot of ways and Ch- david chase had talked about that she was a big uh the character of livia was a big genesis of the show because she's based on his own mother and a lot of people said that his own mother, you know, needed to be written about and needed to be created. Right. And the show isn't about her, but in a lot of ways, it, it, you know, it kind of is because a lot of what Tony deals with stems from his mother. And, you know, a lot of, for example, his sessions with Dr. Melfi are about 
his mother early on. He goes initially talking about his panic attacks and a lot of, you know, it's kind of dancing around, especially in the pilot, you know, his work and what's going on in his life and everything with the family and the kids. And, you know, of course, there's a lot of things that, that are talked about. But early in season one, there's a lot of focus on the, on his relationship and if he hates his mother and all that. Yes, and, and, it, and it agitates him very much. Right. A lot of agita. A lot when, of agita. When Melfi brings her up and says this could be the cause of your problems, it's like my mother. <laughs> right, it makes it makes me a bad son. That's a, a yeah. an ungrateful son. So That's a terrible she, thing. She really strikes the nerves by uh, by hitting the nerves, which is Livia. Right, mo- most definitely. And you know, I think a big uh, for me as a fan, at least, I think moving forward she is most definitely referenced and talked about but less so in a way where she's more focused on in season one and part of that maybe i don't know for sure but maybe because she's not there she's not there to be able to as a character herself expand upon it and uh there's not as much for them to to do with it from a story building point of view right so as a fan i think even though a lot of people don't like her because she is so chaotic and she could be so evil and she can she has a mystical ability to create chaos and and all that and even though she likes to act like she doesn't and yada 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 um who me (laughs) (laughs) what i do and she's just such a unique character that that presence is is definitely felt whether you love her or hate her it's definitely felt in season one and it's like we said, it's less so in season two because she starts dealing with health issues, and unfortunately, she uh, lost her life. In uh, she was not able to; she didn't even make it to season three, unfortunately. And the show definitely would have taken a much different course if she had been alive and had been able to see the ending of the series. And wh- who knows what happens? But it's definitely unfortunate for me as a fan that that we don't get that experience and just as a presence in terms of and i know you you definitely feel the same way because we've had this conversation before the she's the main antagonist in in season one right um and yeah and june i mean junior but but she's uh she's 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 the the puppeteer yeah exactly no no no, definitely yes yes. and the uh the way she is an antagonist is different than any other one, different than Richie, different than 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 New York and with Phil or anybody else, because it's his mother. He he doesn't yeah. want he 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 doesn't want to accept that there's a war going on. He he knows, you know, his mother is no spring, you know, he, no flower or anything like that. But he he he's willing. He's ready to accept. He's ready to hate Richie from the moment we meet Richie or Ralphie rather. You know, he's he doesn't feel that way about Richie, but he doesn't take as much twisting of the arm because it's not his mother. It's a much different relationship from an antagonist point of view. So the rest of his, you know, main antagonists moving forward are not his actual family members. So it gives off a different vibe of who's his, you know, enemy, so to speak, and, you know, who who he has to deal with from that agita uh, point of view. So that's much different because, like you said, you know, hate your hate your mother it makes you that makes you a bad child it makes you yeah. a bad son <laughs> we, we can't be having that no no so but um yeah no her 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 uh presence is uh definitely uh you know it's strongest in the season one and uh i think uh it's not really uh felt again i mean i i thought um 
what we like to call the Shadow Olivia that uh, appears uh, late season four, I believe, in uh, the Calling All Cars dream. Mm-hmm. Um, with uh, Tony, he's doing his uh, mid-dispiatch on the uh, Porsche's <laughs> uh, uh, Napolitana accent there. And um, then we get her again uh, in, I believe, Mayhem in season six. Also, the uh, Shadow Olivia returns. But uh, it's just such a powerful presence with you know, what is assumed to be Livia because some some argue that it could could not right. be Livia. I think we're mostly on the side as probably Livia or uh meant to know, represent a, meant to right, a representation of uh of Liv. So um I think that those just two shows of just that black figure of Livia is so damn powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, even long after she's gone. So it's uh, just, again, another show of the uh, greatness that uh, Nancy Marchand brought to the show. Right, and, and all, uh, all the respect and praise she deserves because she was just so incredibly good and, and authentic and, and real and believable. It, as much as it was not believable that a mother <laughs> would want to do those things, to her son she she made it believable because she was just that authentic yeah and it, it's funny yeah that david chase has gotten that like i i can't believe this uh you know who is who is this uh <laughs> character and he says oh well it's actually my mother <laughs> you know based, based on my mother so. <laughs> and, uh, and then it's funny too because also i think uh we've gotten some like comments that like people have had like the you know family members like Olivia type, I, I think. My, my, me right, myself, I was going to say you. You're talking I about yourself here. Uh, <laughs> myself. No, I had a, yeah, my, my uh, one grandma was definitely uh, similar in that uh, sense, yeah. And you but do uh, have an Italian background, just for what it's worth. Yes, definitely, yeah. Yes, the uh, Sicilian, the Napolitan, you know, a little bit of both. Yes. Um, but, um, yeah, and we've gotten some comments as well of people who've said they've, they've had family members. So it's not, it's not a very unrealistic character livia it's not like something so far-fetched that it's like who could really believe this is like a real person mm-hmm. well stop you right there right yeah uh, th- th- some people are lucky enough to say they've never met a livia type and some people love livia types or know livia types or yada 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 and uh yeah it's like w- we can't we can't overstate enough especially me personally like i said i'm, I'm a big flag carrier of the livia is a critical aspect of the show and of season one and her fading and then lack of a presence moving forward is uh, pretty critical, uh, especially again from, from that family s- aspect as, as, as it relates to Tony. And I can kind of segue into one of the other topics that we were talking about a little bit before, which is a similar with the junior, because we have a bunch of other things about season one that make it different that we maybe have a little bit more in depth, but just as far as the family connection, Junior, we were just talking about it before we started, his right. presence in season one versus the rest of the show is definitely much different. Uh, in season one, you know, kind of regardless, or irregardless, I should say, of the pilot, <laughs> irregardless of the pilot, uh, Junior is either going to be the boss or is the boss, quote-unquote, because Tony is pulling those strings behind his back and he's not aware versus moving forward junior is you know a little bit 
or not a little bit, much more in the background. He has all the problems. First, he gets arrested. He has the legal issues. Then he has his He's health issues, his casino. cancer issues, his Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's issues. Yeah. Right. He he becomes a much more uh, feeble <laughs> old man. Feeble-minded. Right. A fe- the feeble-minded <laughs> brother. He becomes a, a, a much more, sh- uh, you know, almost silent in the background figure versus in season one he he's right there he's with the the family in in many scenes he's he's with mikey he's doing hits yeah he's, yeah he's, he's with he's, mikey he's with much more threatening uh force uh than is as he as it goes on he's like almost more of like a uh tony goes to him for like guidance or to confer with it mm-hmm. <laughs> you came to confer with right. me <laughs> <laughs> Something like that, <laughs> right? He he is he is occasionally a part of a couple sit downs with New York over the phone, and like you said, yeah, Tony every now and then does come to him for guidance. Uh, but yeah, it's mu- it's it's much different in yeah, season he, one. He's and not so much calling the shots, calling the motherfucking shots, right? <laughs> right. And I th- I think a lot of where becomes or where Junior becomes lovable is in the rest of the the show. Not that he's not lovable in season one, but I think, uh, of course, Boca. He you know. Yeah, steals the show, <laughs> Boca, and I think everybody, well not everybody, that, that sticks out <laughs> in a lot of people's minds. But uh, in the rest of the show is, be, is where he becomes a little bit more of the, the lovable goof that we kind of some people think of jo- Junior as, and he definitely, like we keep saying, he doesn't have that tone you know, with the whole Brendan Fallon situation, the trucking situation. I think even at moments, despite his pettiness, he's even there's there's sympathetic moments for Junior. You know, even like I I, I think the 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 your sister's cunt scene. You know, him falling <laughs> in the shot. I mean, you know, he, despite everything that he's done to Tony and uh, all he's orchestrated and whatnot, it, it's you still still have a soft spot for him. And even Tony does at that point. You know, it's mm-hmm. still the love is still there. The, but, lo- uh, the love is definitely still there, like, and it and it remains, but it. It's definitely a tone that does take a bit of a shift. And like I said, just in the connection, Tony's family members, Tony's older family members, you know, the kind of uh, people he looks up to, so to speak, their presence definitely changed throughout the rest of the show. So it that vibe is felt pretty hard in season one. And like we, like we keep saying, it's, it's a little bit different throughout the rest of the show. And for better, for worse, uh, you know, uh, to each their own I, I i don't question very much about the show but these are definitely a couple of things that stick out in my mind that make it different definitely another one um that a lot of people talked about on twitter when we posted recently you guys didn't know that i was i was using you as our guinea pigs <laughs> when i when i tweeted out what do you think about season one our minions yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh, we'll we'll get into that maybe a little bit more specifically. Maybe read a couple of the replies because once again appreciative that we got a a fair amount. But one of the things that stuck out to a lot of people was Tony's accent was a big one to a lot of people, oh and yes. it's definitely shifts a couple times throughout the show, and it shifts even throughout the season of throughout season one. Yeah, season one, most noticeably, uh, I think obviously the pilot. He's got a a very normal almost uh his own voice james gandolfini's voice if if you've heard him in interviews and whatnot uh, other than the sopranos or uh like people like to refer uh, the kevin finnerty voice mm-hmm. which uh in uh early season six as as many know uh uh in his coma dream it's just a uh, very much just james's normal voice 
but uh yeah from pilot to rest of season one yeah you definitely get a a steady uh trend towards the what we know to become the tony voice but even outside of season one yeah from season one to season two some even say yeah it doesn't even kick in really till two so um yeah there's a progression for sure yeah and isn't um i think you have some of it down there didn't he did he work with a, an accent coach throughout yes. the duration yes or and most of the show at least james gandolfini right he had a uh, a vocal coach um actually she was credited uh for 70 episodes according to imdb uh from season two to the very end of the show as uh james gandolfini's dialogue coach and she was a good friend of james's uh that uh they had met uh, i think in his like Broadway days, like, you mm-hmm. know, doing his uh, uh, theater and whatnot. And um, they were together uh, on uh, his performance of Streetcar named Desire, I believe. And um, she continued on. I guess he had brought her along, uh, I guess, to The Sopranos. Um, not sure if she was on in season one, which could be an indicator of why his voice may be somewhat different compared to other seasons as it, as it goes on. Um but um, he uh, credited her for uh, helping his performance a lot, that she was a very much uh, a 50-50 uh, part of uh, what made Tony Soprano be Tony, which uh, is, I think, pretty interesting. I think it's, uh, <coughs> as well as, I, I, you know, I think we all have a good idea of James Gandolfini as a performer and actor, that uh, he put his heart very much into his performance. So uh, it... Um, yeah, you had something to say. Okay. Something. No, just just the fact. I f- I think it's first of all some of it I'm sure has to do with the f- um, James Gandolfini kind of defining the character as the show progressed a little bit, which happens w- with all successful shows. The pilot and even season one usually have a different feel than a l- than the rest of the show in in many cases because they're taking on some different creative aspects or they're finding you know different storylines or different aspects of the character that they want to take on or that they want to tweak so it's far from irregular that that would happen so it as much as you know he wants to credit the vocal coach and i'm sure had a great impact uh, on would also guess that some of it had to you know do with him kind of finding it himself and i also wonder and you and I have definitely talked about this in the past, if any of it or how much of it was or to what degree and what was the reason did he want to change it and did it have to do with some of his... um, He became a much different figure physically, but from the beginning of the show at the end of the show. So was some of it natural? Was some of it a choice? Was it a choice because he felt it wanted to, that it represented the character in a way that was m- necessary for a point later on in the show where his life is kind of becoming a little darker, his walls are kind of closing in, he's a little bit more of a mess in certain aspects. So you know, I, I would love. I think that's a thing that you probably would would have had to have asked him, or maybe s- a few people that were very close to him that would have had that inside knowledge. Yeah. Um, Maybe if we can get uh, Susan Aston, his uh, vocal coach, on. <laughs> uh, right. Cause if you're uh, out there, if you're listening. <laughs> he is. <laughs> Love to have you. <laughs> yes, please. Get some he, insight. 
he unfortunately, James Gandolfini, did not do very many interviews about Tony Soprano or just in general. So we don't have a ton of him speaking on him as, as the character and some of the things that he talked about or thought about. But in a 60-minute interview, he did make mention of the walk that Tony Soprano had, that it's supposed to have a, a specific look to it, that he was supposed to like lumber, I believe, was, was the word that he used. So as we talked about, it's been well documented and seen how dedicated of an actor that James Gandolfini was. So I wouldn't yeah. be surprised that he thought that later on in the show, the voice should have taken on a different tone. The accent should have taken on a different tone as opposed to earlier on in the show. It has maybe almost, you, you could say it's a little a little clearer in a sense, and there are different problems. Like I said, he certainly has problems throughout the entire show, but they really close in on him, and they become much darker as the show kind of progresses. And okay. yeah, I, w I would just love to know again how much of that was a decision how much of it was just a natural thing becoming oh, also the pilot was shot as in, in 1997 by the time the show ended it was 10 years later so some of it could have just been just just, just natural time, on that yeah. on that behalf oh yeah yeah so no, I, yeah voices just go through change over time so it's definitely just yeah could have just been the just the run of run of time yeah yeah <laughs> So unfortunately, that's probably one of those things that we'll never quite get a, a an answer to. But you know, v very much could have been something that was done on purpose to represent different, you know, a different part of uh, Tony, a different insight into his window, or a different uh, window into uh, him and what he was. You know, like I said, a little bit of a mess towards the end, uh, as opposed to earlier on. And I think that is another thing that kind of sort of makes season one different also it has a much brighter tone i was just gonna yeah i was actually just gonna because you were saying darker before i was actually just gonna say yeah uh to segue in yeah the uh season one like the uh the composition in general uh so many of the shots um definitely a lot of bright so i think um speaking in terms of maybe the pilot because i I, th I know the pilot was david chase directing and i know he was very heavy on light work in a lot of the episodes he di he directed um but as far as the rest of the season as well it's just it it got a very a lot of the light work definitely still a, a lot of bright tones as compared to like as you get deep into season six it gets like very like dark and mm -hmm. kind of a almost a bluish like overtone to like the scenes like uh yeah it just feels very very different it's two two different worlds for sure it's funny to say because it's a, uh, it's a mafia show and because the the entire thing is you know kind of dark and violent and all that but there's a lot of fans out there who say that season 1 has a a happy warm feeling yeah. to it like a, like yeah, a friendly like vibe a to like it. I said, like yeah, like it's very even nostalgic yeah i think that's something with the rewatchability that uh that we've talked about before but uh in rewatching the show, once you get to the end, it feels de very depressing. By the time you get to there, and then you rewatch again, and boom, happiness mm -hmm. all over, all again. over again, just washed over me, <laughs> and it just washed over me. <laughs> and some of it is also a little bit uh, a, a part of that tone, maybe, or actually, it kind of works in reverse because Tony's wardrobe 
takes on a different tone moving forward. Earlier in the show, a lot of season one, it has a much more kind of classic, you might say, you know, mafia suit and tie, you know, type of look. Those those type of Tony Polo shirts or those Tony button down shirts, um, those types of things. Right, yeah, we're we're watching the pilot right now. Kind of have it on in the background, and he he's sitting in a suit and tie. If this is season six, he'd be sitting in a button down, and kind of gives off. It's funny. It's kind of the opposite tone. This this is a a little bit more serious. Wouldn't you wouldn't say it's darker wearing a uh, a suit, but it doesn't have that warmth as opposed to the Tabasco shirt or some of those other you know kind of crazy shirts that he's seen wearing. Right, he wears some. Very crazy patterns, which uh, yeah, some people love. So I I very much love Tony's shirt, so uh, yeah. I'm not gonna hate. But uh, yeah, he does wear some very out there patterns that uh, some people wouldn't be able to rock. I don't think. But, uh, right, this hey, James James did it. So <laughs> there is it is a polarizing thing, but it is it is not something that we get much of in, in season one. So you know the the wardrobe aspect is definitely you know missing just a little bit. Uh, we also talked about a couple of other production related things. You know, some of the camera work is, right, a, is yeah. a little unique in yes. season one. And you, and you might have kind of similar flavors of it in the rest of the show, but you kind of see a, a little heavier in season one. Some of the camera angles that they work with are definitely very unique and they give almost. I used this word before. I, w- I would love to come up with a better one, but it's just the best I could think of. Almost like a warped version. It almost looks like the the character either looks bigger, or the setting looks bigger, or the setting looks smaller. They right. do they do different things to kind of yeah. Ch- I had said it to you. I think it's very like extreme angles, like uh, a lot of the times, um, like in a in few specific moments. Yeah, I mean like in I the pilot. Right, the pilot, you got the uh, bridge uh, scene with Mahaffey. Mm-hmm. It's like a very overhead shot, just very extreme and dramatic and just like really gives you this like uh kind of like uh very tall sense over you know because obviously they're uh shaking him down for money mahaffey and uh mm-hmm. you know it's just a kind of like a dominating see i guess uh effect right to, a to very powerful effect, but, uh, type of thing it's um not that i don't think they explored probably those types of shots throughout the show but just season one was very filled with i i think you got another one um, another overhead in uh, college as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Tony's looking at like those the ducks after he whacks uh, Febby, and uh, yeah, he looks up overhead. Also, another just like very high arc shot. Just uh, some really just uh, extreme angles like that. Yeah. All right. For um, the second episode, forty six long, it does not start out with the intro music. It starts out with them counting the money in the back of the right. the back room of the Bing. Right. So it's just you know these these couple of diff these these little differences you know that they kind of add up and that these are part of the things that give season one another a one little bit of its charm. Just uh, popped to mind actually that um, people uh, when you had posted uh, you know what people thought about season one and uh, a lot of people didn't like the narration actually right, in the pilot, the pilot. which I don't necessarily agree with i understand why they didn't continue with it i i can i can agree with not continuing with it that that i'm fine with i don't think it would have been effective after the pilot but i think for tony's sessions with melfi 
to, not to, uh, well, uh, for Tony's first session in the pilot right there. Um, it wouldn't. Have, I don't know how it would have been effective without it. You know, I think they would have then had to show everything and then show Tony going to Melfi. Otherwise, it would have just been Tony explaining it to Melfi, and you wouldn't have had that visual. Right. You know, so I just felt like the narration for the pilot's sake was fine. Mm-hmm. I think it. I think it did its job pretty well. I, I I enjoyed it. I always enjoy it going back. The nostalgic feel, as as I've said. Right, it's just one of those differences that you pick up on that you don't see throughout the rest. That, like I said, gives it that little charm. The thing that I was thinking about, and I guess it kind of doesn't relate to exactly this conversation, but just as a little something that's interesting. David Chase talked a lot that he thought that the movie was uh, that this was just going to be turned into a movie and that the pilot wouldn't really be, you know, it would be rejected and it would turn into a movie and they would he would collect his money and and move on. Right. And in the Many Saints of Newark. He uses Christopher to narrate. So I just wonder if, you know, from a creative standpoint and from a movie standpoint, if he thought, because Christopher, he didn't narrate a ton, but he did narrate throughout the movie. We didn't get a lot of it. It's He starts off the movie, and I think a lot of people loved that. I personally did. Right. And then we get a couple other snippets of it throughout. But yeah, I just wonder if that was part of the uh, thought process that kind of went into it, just because it's interesting to think about. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't think I thought of that. Yeah. That's a so, David Chase, if you're listening, point. also another one, I would like to welcome you on by I'd all means. To have <laughs> you on, answer that question, please. Um, uh, one of the other things in th- in this kind of uh, general topic and production-wise, to talk about, there's a couple of moments where I wouldn't say you could see that they didn't have the budget or anything like that, but you can ne- maybe see that they had to make selections to just get by with certain things as opposed to the rest of the show having a full budget for everything and maybe in the first part of the show in the first season rather they were covering up some things or just like i said getting by as best as they could like again in uh episode 246 long olivia's house which is one of the things that makes the pilot a little different is actually a real house and the pilot and then the rest of the show it is a set except for a few scenes where they show the outside of the house throughout the rest of the show but inside throughout the rest of the show it's the set indoors on the floor in the real house is a tile floor it's kind of a white tile floor in the set it's a wood floor and in, in season one, you can see the p- that they're just kind of maybe four or five different panels that they piece together like a puzzle almost. And you can see the separation and you can you could see it actually pretty clearly if you're just looking at it uh, at two points in the episode. One kind of earlier on when Tony walks or goes to Livia to give her the flowers and uh, sees how the first day is going with Livia's housekeeper. Mm-hmm. Um, you do see it there, but you see it even better towards the end of the episode when Livia or Tony rather is in the house, kind of packing up Livia's stuff, and he's by he kind of goes over to the mantle, the fireplace, and he go he starts looking at the pictures, and yeah. then he starts getting a little he wobbly. Yeah, he sits down on the you table. Yeah, yeah, surprisingly didn't break. Right, <laughs> <laughs> I think the same thing all the time. I really, really do. Re- yeah, he, he let it go, but uh, yeah, so you could see that there. And then uh, episode seven, Down Neck, another small little one. Uh, when Tony and Carmella are in the bedroom and they're talking about if AJ and Meadow know if Tony's in the mafia or not. Uh, you can see as Tony goes to kind of turn out the lights, you could see behind 
the uh, the headrests of the bed. It's just a wood, just just a piece of wood. Like y- you could see that it's a prop, that it's a set. You know, it's hmm. ca- it's y- y- you I don't see it for you don't see it for long, and like I said, you only see it when he turns to kind of turn out the light. But yep, just a nice little hmm. plank of wood there. Check that one out. And it's just one of those things where you probably figure, like I said, moving forward, they can get all the budget, not all the money in the world, to not really worry about those types of you know little minor things that you wouldn't really realize unless you're watching the show over and over again, and you kind of <laughs> don't necessarily have to listen to the dialogue or look at the look at the uh some of the main things that are going on because you've seen it six seven eight nine ten twelve thirty forty fifty times so you can look at <laughs> some of the other minor things of course yeah. but definitely because a lot of the people or a lot of the fans point out the specificity that was, uh, that was one i think um because i had found the uh the, the isabella script and uh i found the uh one scene that uh was talked about at clark bar Mm-hmm. And uh, that Christopher had brought for Tony, and then they had cut that actually out of the scene. The the they had cut that out of the script, or not the scene, the script. Uh, vice versa. Fuck right. Huh. They they cut you the scene out of the. Uh, <laughs> oh, they cut the yeah. They cut the s- they cut the scene from the show. They kept it in the script because we still have it in the script that yes. you got the version. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I, but I, I almost got cut up <laughs> trying to explain it. So. I'm with you there. <laughs> yeah, so it's still in the scene, though. You still see the Clark Park on the counter. Yes. Although it's never mentioned by Christopher. It just is just there. And it, and <laughs> it actually shifts. So it's and it, Yeah, and it kind of just appears also. It, yeah, yes. it, it's, it's kind of a weird moment. But it's one of those things that, uh, yeah, I think you would really have to know the uh, script and what they cut out and whatnot. But uh, it, it's a silly little thing, you know, that uh, – I guess that's more of like a conti- continuity than yeah. like a, a budget type uh, yeah, definitely. error, if you want to call it. But that. still, but a little a little charm because again, like I was saying, the, the attention to detail and the specificity of all these things they all add up throughout the rest of the show that make a lot of the fans fall in love. Not that it's missing in season one, but I think they haven't totally hit their stride yet. Or like I said, maybe in certain areas didn't have some of the support that they got as the show became enormously successful, right. and. Yeah, I think that's, again, that's one of those things that just gives it a little extra charm. And also, it could be a little bit of maybe David Chase talked about, again, we referred to, he really just did not give a lot of credit to the fact that this show was going to have this much success. At first, he really thought the pilot wouldn't be uh, accepted, wouldn't be uh, well-received, and that it would be turned into a movie. And after season one, he even said this on the talking sopranos podcast i believe the first one that he did with them and he probably had said it uh, elsewhere but he said that he wasn't aware of the success of the show after season one that he went overseas and that he came back and he was totally surprised and totally unaware of how people were talking about it and people were wondering where big pussy was and, right. and that was that was a big thing that he was very shocked. Yeah, very right. shocked by yeah. So you know, just the as uh, the leader of the show, the creator of the show, you know, maybe he had a little bit more uh, or a little bit less of a. Maybe in season one, when he's not thinking that the show is going to have the success that it has, he's maybe willing to kind of let certain things go that he don't think will have a big effect, and then as the show became okay, this is my baby. He he really going to put every single ounce of blood and tears and sweat into it that he possibly could imagine. Yeah. 
So that's just maybe one of the things that give a little bit, again, of a, a little bit of a different tone because uh, y- you got to imagine as the creator of the show thinking that it's not going to be picked up. I believe he even said at one point that he said to Edie Falco on the set as they were wrapping up that they're not going to pick up the show after season one, that even after they picked up the pilot and after filmed the whole season that he still didn't think that it was going to be picked up. So never mind that he was unaware of the success once it was going on, that once they wrapped it up, he just kind of expected it to not really pick up, but that he, you know, said how much fun it was and how great it was. But yeah, I, I can, I can imagine you, you feel a little bit more protective and a little bit more, okay, I'm not going to let a single thing go by. I'm not going to let a single thing be done that I'm not totally 100% happy with. When Once you now say, okay, this is the most popular show out there and talked about as the greatest show of all time and so on and so forth. So I definitely think that that has a little bit of an impact. Yeah. No, I, d- I feel that. Uh, another one of the things that he talked about on that Talking Sopranos interview was Pauly, and he made it, th- his mention of it kind of made me realize it more than anything else, and just that his presence as a character grows enormously throughout the show, and in a lot of season one, it's really not that big. We do get a, you know a good chunk of him, like he's not some minor character in the background that you're not familiar with. But as far as the true impact on the family and on Tony and on the show, it, it kind of grows to, you know, even in, in the pilot, I think David Chase said he, you know, he had one line in the pilot and uh, he, you know, by the end of the show, quote, he was a real feature, uh, you know, Say ma- fucking garbage business, <laughs> I think is like his only line. Yeah. Something like that. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, there's there's that whole conspiracy that we'll get into maybe another point that Tony, that uh, Paulie's involved with the death. But we'll, we'll, we'll avoid that for, for, for the time being as far as, you know, the whole ex- explanation, because I don't know how much we believe it or not. Some sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. But nevertheless, he goes from a character who has one line to being an enormous part of the show and is a lot of people's favorite character. And being one of the the last left, yeah. Yeah, he's he's, he's really the only one left besides Tony? Question mark. Right. Yeah. <laughs> big question mark. <laughs> big, yes. Big uh, question mark. Um, yeah, and and yeah, talking back to yeah, I guess like Paulie's um uh, involvement in the crew. I mean, like, you know, he goes back with Silvio, but uh, Silvio's like Tony's consigliere, and you know, he's not really consigliere. He's not changing in rank. He's just staying as is and. He's got the bing in his own uh, business uh, endeavors, so I think he's fine where he is. But uh, Paulie just, you know, he's like this older, you know, family, I guess, from Johnny's era, you know. But uh, it just seems like he kind of floats around, like, you know, almost floats around the same level in the crew, you know. And doesn't seem to want to be higher up, although that's... Another thing debated upon uh, upon about the the end and what uh, you know what happens with Tony and what uh, you know right. if Polly has any involvement. But uh, another thing that uh, Polly is involved in in the beginning that uh, is mentioned and then never touched on again is therapy. That uh, Polly goes to mm. therapy. Uh, he mentions it uh, in Vesuvio's at the end of uh, the finale of season one. Uh, it doesn't compute with him that uh, Tony sees a woman therapist. Right. 
And then uh, Sylvia was like, you saw a fucking therapist. What was the matter with you? you know, yeah, but, you know, I didn't see a woman. And, right. you know, he's like, you're the wo- woman issue. And, so, and then that w- the woman issues with Polly, it's never, it's it's highlighted, I think, through Nucci and his, his mm-hmm. mother, who we find out to be his mother, you know, then. Uh, that whole spiel, but uh, that um, it uh, you know what? It just it's something never, something never really uh, truly revisited. I feel like it's something like touched upon, and it's like very ominous about Polly's character, um, which is significant, I think, it, it, to season one itself because it's uh, you know, it's it's like closing Polly closes the book on that and Sylvia's mm-hmm. face is like you know we're not talking about that again you know <laughs> and uh you know you see I think Polly banging a gu- uh, gumad in uh early season two uh was it the the intro scene yeah that's how that's the first and it's, like, <laughs> and it's like another awkward kind of <laughs> moment because you know you don't really see Polly with too many women and right then, uh, and then he does have his other no he does have the other uh the girl with the uh kids uh I'm blanking on her name right now. But, uh, Unfortunately, so am I. But um, yeah, with the three o'clock and mm-hmm. uh, you know waking up. Uh, but uh, that whole bit. Um, yeah, Paulie with his women. It's something you know. I guess that's like probably the last of it. Because then from then on out, like I said, it's highlighted by Nucci and uh, and that. Um, but uh, it, it's something uh, interesting. Um, he something. Even, uh, yeah, I uh, um. Sorry, you no, yeah, his his profile even within the crew grows as the show grows. You know, he becomes, uh, you know, kind of the s- the the third in command or the second tied in command at a certain point. It's uh, it's a little bit hazy as far as exactly w- w- what goes on because Tony has that conversation with him in the in the in the park, saying he's getting a bump. Yeah, and then but like yeah, exactly. I think then it's later on he's still not on Silvio standing, even though he was kind of right. supposed to be. That's so. what I'm saying. It was saying before. Yeah, it's like he kind of just floats around the same level and just doesn't really, which could add to this, you know, kind of uh, the inner resentment that he has for Tony to, or jealousy even that uh, he doesn't have the uh, what he's ho- what he's deserved, what right. he's put, you know, the time he's put in, and uh, you know, he's uh when you see Paulie too, he's living in a very, you know, he's not living like Tony. He's, no. he, he's got neighbors, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he, he, uh, you know, he did that for his ma. Yeah. Right. You know, exactly. Yeah. He went I think without, he, so, so he, his ma can have. Right. <laughs> right. And that's, I think, yeah, could be, uh, part of his woman issues. Who knows what, uh, uh, I'm not, uh, yeah, I don't know too much into psychology and what, uh, exactly as diagnoses would be but uh yeah i do yeah, to we'll, we'll to keep that separate yeah <laughs> we're not here for that but uh, but, uh it, it's it's definitely one of the things while we were talking about you know putting this together it's definitely one of the things that stood out uh his his growing development his growing presence in the show like like you said he becomes a uh, a lot of people's favorite character and uh for, for good reason i might add but it's definitely he has a little different tone in season one. So all these things, like we said, they just they add to the different charm, a little different nostalgia. So whether it's Tony's accent, Livia's presence, some of the different you know camera work and production stuff, uh, Paulie for sure. You know, uh, there's there's plenty of other things, and some of the other things, you know, you you guys, the listeners, or if you're our followers, uh, kind of pointed out, and we can maybe talk about some of those. Uh, a lot of a lot of people focused on the ducks 
and that's definitely and you made a very interesting point when we were kind of going over this that i'll I'll let you get to about the the meat and the cold cuts and the gabagool and everything but yeah the 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 ducks it's a storyline that a lot of people love for great reason because the the kind of juxtaposition of this big bad mafia boss you know crying over ducks and (laughs) keeping the ducks in his pool i mean it's hysterical it shows a very soft side. Right, to, to, to the to point that it gives him a panic rough attack. Exterior, yeah. yeah, and it forces him to go to therapy. You know, it, it, it's quite hysterical. The scene in the pool is, is hilarious. Uh, it's very endearing, yeah. is a way to put it. So, and we don't see that. They're not part of the show after the season one. There's there's a couple of references. There are some other animal features. Of course, Piomai, uh, how how upset he gets over Cosette and Christopher and that, that tragedy. Right. Uh, rest in peace, Cosette. Cosette. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that shot on the dog. <laughs> but it's definitely a storyline that the fans really love, and like I said, it kind of gets replaced. Uh, moving yeah, forward. Um, yeah. So right. So the ducks. Yeah, big part of season one, and then Melfi kind of uncovers to Tony. I think it's early in season two. Pretty sure. Um, she says, oh, but you were grilling meat, weren't you? And then uh, he's like, yeah, oh, the memory on you, right? And, you know, and, and it almost all of a sudden turns into, like, uh, maybe it wasn't the ducks really tri- triggering the panic attacks. Maybe it was more of the, the meat, the gabagool. And then uh-huh. Melfi dives more into, then I think, um, or she maybe goes back to, like, uh, what is it, the... Uh, Johnny Boy cutting off the uh, thumb or the uh, right. I uh, think there the, she starts the yeah. There starts to be more uh, connections with this meat L- to Olivia's the Olivia's connection with panic enjoying the the free meat free right 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 right. So yeah, there's definitely uh, a transition from the ducks to um, this gabagool uh, panic clo- panic attack uh, causer right trigger to you want to call it um, yeah, definitely, but um. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So very. So yeah. So like we said, to significance for season one, um, the ducks. Yeah. Very big. Yeah. And people, very. Uh, people love the very ducks. well loved. Another one that people talked about a lot is, is college. The college episode. Yeah. And seems I, to be a big turning point for a lot of fans in general. And I, I like that being like a big clicking moment. Like whoa. Right. Like for, look what Tony's doing. <laughs> <laughs> I think for probably a couple reasons. But probably the biggest something that you you kind of asked me a couple days ago, and as we were prepping about this, where I thought where a lot where or where I thought personally, or where I thought a lot of other people um, believe that the show kind of took a turn from. Okay, this isn't just your typical mafia show. You know, some people say they thought it in the pilot, but a lot of people say that college was the episode. Yeah, college gets a big one. Um, I partially agree. I think. Personally, I think even a little later than that, although, I mean, I, I love the show from the pilot, but um, I think people do tend to give it those, in those early on few episodes, give it more of a, I wouldn't say the Goodfellas-esque vibe, but a, a, like more of like a general mafia movie uh, feel to it, whereas um, you start to get on towards college, uh, even Boca. I think somebody had mentioned in those comments that uh, somebody had said that the, the situation with the coach was a pretty right. big turning coach point. Coach Hauser. Which, which I thought that was, that was too, a pretty big uh, Something, I mean, 
no other mob show that I or movie that I know of uh, really ever touched on something like that. That like uh, content matter, I guess. But uh, even um, after that, also you can even say like the whole attempt on uh, Tony. As much as it is a big theme in mob stuff to have um, power struggle and family trying to whack family and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the way they did it, I mean, hey, Livia, you know, uh, just uh, coercing the whole thing and just uh, putting it into motion. I mean, you know, that's that was pretty unexpected. I think that was like, I mean, who's, I mean, I, I could be wrong. I, I, there could have been something else that uh, in the past that was similar, but um, I felt like that was pretty new. But, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, going back to college, so, um, no, there was some, I mean, it's Tony getting his hands dirty for the first time, so I think that's a that's key huge. factor to it being, like, a turning point to being, like, all right, like, what, like, you know, the boss doesn't get his hands dirty, or acting, bo- or, or he, Junior's acting boss, he's, at that point, he, he will be soon. Right, but. The presence of him being the boss is almost there, almost enough of a boss to uh, be getting his hands dirty. You know, it's not you know, he wanted to do it for the uh, uh, because you know it was personal to him, and you know, um, which makes sense. But uh, you know, it, it was definitely uh, yeah, definitely a strong one for the season one episodes, and and I think the the stuff between him and Meadow specifically, I th- I think is a lot of what gives it that kind of different tone. A little bit of him having some a little honesty of of the situation with his daughter i think that kind of turned it somewhat um you know and and just trying to have a relationship and really yeah trying to have it keep that bond and yeah. like, despite of all he's doing and murdering a guy on his college and trip with his daughter you the, know, the, this is he's then, still trying to you know and this is simultaneously while carmela has her what i believe to be honest is a little bit bizarre situation <laughs> with the priests at yeah. home with the uh, with the communion and the whole deal and and what was going on there, so that that also while you had both those storylines going on at the same time, that's like wow, there's a lot there's a lot going on here that yeah. is not typical that is, you know I did not expect. No, it it is funny and crazy when you think about it. I think it, it's where Carmela is at at that point because it's like, hey, what what does she turn to at that point? She's yeah. got her husband doing what he does and continuing to do what he does, and you know. Eventually, Carmela is going to snap in some way, which uh, yeah, she does a few times. It's so. great insight. <laughs> it's definitely yeah. great insight to her uh, her arc, yeah, her character arc, definitely. Uh, a yeah, because she's trying to find some salvation. Oh yeah, from Tony's misdoings, misgivings, and uh, yeah, she thinks she can find it in Father Intentola in some way, but uh, you know, it's not what she thinks, and uh, yeah, he's uh, you know, what is his uh. His uh, what did she say about him? That uh, it's got something to do with food. Uh, blanking out right now. The lines. Anywho. Yeah, I, I'm. I, unfortunately, some. Uh, you got some uh, sexual. Uh, pro- uh, oh God. Proclivity, right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and it revolves around uh, food. There you go. Yeah, I, w- I was. Uh, I knew I was gonna get it eventually. I, I was yeah. trying to pull up some of the tweets from from uh, the post that we had, so I could refer back to them. A lot, a lot of people referred to some of like the comedy of season one that they felt. I mean, I, I think the show was absolutely hysterical throughout, and I think a lot of people feel the same way. I don't really 
think there's any debate amongst uh you know big fans real fans of the show um but some of the ones that people love like uh sean ski music over here talking about boca i don't go down enough yeah. that one definitely sticks out i that. think you know, i mean that that was another thing too because i think boca that that was also the coach was uh that was in that episode with the coach right um, i believe uh, i think so i want i want to say yes regardless um the boca situation was a whole nother thing too that was like uh some of a turning point it's like wow like what is this show doing that now now <laughs> now there's this rumor of you know uncle june giving head and this i mean it kind of you know obviously incites junior that this got out but uh the fact that it causes so much uh fallout you know right <laughs> uh, the cunning lingus in psychiatry brought us to this you know you, we get that out exactly. of it which by yeah. the way you are right it is the episode w with coach hauser right but yeah, uh, so it's like a yeah a double header with like the content that they were really bringing out it was like un uh you know untouched ground really it was um yeah they were really uh going into some new stuff there but um there was another one uh i wanted to mention as well um oh, i have the the joe joe burrow defender oh, pats fan matt 93 <laughs> talking about i wish the lord would take me now of course one of one of olivia's Right. most famous lines yes, so again I, uh, season one was chock full of some of the most iconic lines mm -hmm. as well we get Comedy. another one uh that a lot of people that can't I find pussy anywhere <laughs> that was a great philly leotardo yeah. coming in with that one um and the uh the uh what david chase says is one of the most famous lines apparently is uh so what no fucking zd now of course so we got a lot AJ's, of that uh, we got AJ's a lot of that one of ages most famous lines i think and uh probably one of the one of the shows most popular. I, I I could agree with Chase on that to an extent, although there were just so many. It's hard to choose a favorite. Just to, I think everybody could agree on that. But um, superb dialogue writing uh, throughout. But yeah, season one just uh, hit the mark. Yeah, in, in I those terms. I I think like we've we've talked about. There's a lot of things that people can point to that make it feel a little different. There's there's characters in season one who we don't see much or anything else of moving forward. You know, Mikey Palmese, we don't see moving forward. Brendan Falone, we, 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 we tragically lose Brendan Falone yeah. early on. In, very, in very the shortly lived, but he, he, his, his short lived, uh, short life, uh, left an impact. Yeah, of course. Like, uh, of he, course. He, uh, Jackie April uh, is you another think one. You, what was it? You, you think you can save the kids, but you can't. <laughs> like yeah, you he, he's kind of <laughs> almost talking about himself too. If yeah. you think about it, really, but yeah, it's uh, Macasian too. Macasian, that's he's definitely a, another one. Here's another inter another interesting one too, because it's like it's almost like a Davy Scatino, a foreshadow of like a, a Scatino type character, just somebody who's right. drawn Good drawn call. into the circles of the uh, mob mob life because mm -hmm. you know their vice is gambling you know as you know uh many have and uh hesh has yeah, a bigger presence in season one i would i would say i mean he's he's a, b a really big part of a hit is a hit yeah he's, he's almost a main a main aspect of it you know yeah no, I, genius. I, I agree with that yeah uh, no he's definitely used more in season one for sure uh, 
Yeah, so there's just, you know, uh, like we said, a couple of these characters, you, you miss their presence in the rest of the show, or once you go back and rewatch them, they give a kind of wholesome, nostalgic vibe because you know you're only getting them for a couple episodes, I think whether you, you like them or not. Because Mikey Palmese, is that likable? <laughs> I mean, you know, is it, was anybody upset? When they when we lost him, eh. he's kind of he had like he had some face value, right? <laughs> a little bit of a he had hadn't found a cure yet. He had he <laughs> had some value in terms of being a punching bag, you might say. Yeah, and he's well, the character is well played for sure. Yeah, uh, I think that's that's part of what may, it makes him yeah that unlikableness yeah too, and that and that butting heads with Tony, you know, you know, it's something's gonna happen eventually, mm-hmm. but. Uh, Adriana's yeah, presence setup. grows significantly as right. the show, you know, like there as, as she was uh, in the pilot, uh, just named waitress. She wasn't right. even Adriana, just right? In the credits as waitress, but uh, you know, there there are people. I believe like, a waitress or server. So. Uh, I think she might have been the hostess. Host, hostess, yeah, yeah, yeah the hostess, that's what, right? Yeah, yeah. but th- there are characters who, at the beginning of the show, you feel their presence throughout season one, and their development or their arc might change but the presence is still very heavy you know tony carmella christopher you know the you know melfi these main characters but some other people it definitely i was just gonna say uh, goes up and down hunter scangarello just to mention chase's right David there's chase's daughter she is uh, very little of her past more present in the first and i think that's somewhat due to uh i mean they her and metal they go to college they go to different colleges i believe and then uh mm-hmm. and then she doesn't really see her until think again until like later until uh, then she's in college and she's she brings her to see caitlin i think and uh, yes yeah but yeah no just another random yeah the, another random mention mm-hmm. um kind of yeah another character it makes you feel a little nostalgic yeah you know Got feel G- like you're at the, the beginning uh, again jimmy that fucking rat <laughs> there's there's one that's definitely one um, which uh i mean we we brought that up before but uh to any of our listeners and followers as well, uh, we have debated before uh, on the "Is Jimmy a Rat?" That's uh, so anybody that uh, like to leave any feedback on that, that's something that we always uh, love to talk about. Yes, definitely it's tweet at us, uh, get in the DMs, yes, the whole nine. Yes. Uh, personally, I'm still on that side that feels he's not, but. I know you feel he, he was. Yeah, and, and I believe you're a brave man for still being on this hill, it's, so I, it's, give, I give you that credit. more of a fence. I don't know. It's, it's, <laughs> I, I'm on like, the fence I, I'm as opposed to dying on the hill. Yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> hanging on the fence. But uh, I don't know. It's something I, I, feel, I feel like maybe it was because of the way also that Chase had ended off and not knowing what he was going to really do with Puss exactly. I feel like... It's hard to say if he, you know, if he wanted Puss to be that, you know, that mistaken identity. Was it Puss? Was it Jimmy? It's hard to say. You know, I always have that in my mind that, yeah, you know, he he had in the back of Chase's mind, he probably would wanted it to be Puss. And that's what ended up continuing. But uh, somewhere I just think, uh, you know, the way Jimmy's reaction to something about it. But, uh, yeah, it's just something uh, I always mull over. Yeah. But, uh, and yeah. I, I will say, even though I do believe he is, and even though the crew does believe he is, we don't get complete confirmation in terms of we don't see him with a, a mic or we don't see him with like, the cops or the FBI, right. like with 
Ray Curdo, for example, who's another one season one. He's not a rat. We learn throughout the rest of the show he becomes a rat. Mm-hmm. Um, Larry Boy becomes a much le- lesser presence in the show. Just talking about those, you know, those kind of characters because Jimmy, Larry Boy, and Ray are mm-hmm. all big, much bigger part of season one. But yeah, to again, I do believe he is. But to your point, that window is technically still open because and we don't get that complete that com- line confirmation. That the line that. Uh, Sal, right? Sal, uh, no, Sal is a uh, skip. Skip says to skip, s- skip says to Sal, uh, to Big Puss. Yes, Skip Lapari says to Sal, uh, Jimmy Altieri ate the pill for you. Right. So it does. Uh, so it kind of gives a sense, like you know, like he took the fall for you. Yeah, so it's 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 definitely possible. It could also just be, you know, uh, like he says, any suspicions of a rat went down the drain with that. So it could just be because Tony only has a suspicion of there being one rat. Right. So, you know, but nevertheless, that that window is definitely still open. Yeah. But just something I wanted to put out. Uh, yeah, well. it's it's something worth that there, I, I always love. It, it, it's it's a season one topic. For yes, sure for that. sure. That I do love to discuss. And w- I think this has been quite the discussion and uh, quite the inaugural episode. I think so. And uh, I definitely appreciate if you've listened for this entire length of the podcast. We appreciate it. And we can say there's a pretty good chance you'll be hearing more of this, right? Yes, sir. And uh, maybe we'll have... Uh, we'll be hearing from us. <laughs> maybe we'll we'll have some guests on eventually. Maybe not. Hopefully we can we can work our way to that. But... As we said at the beginning, we definitely appreciate if you've been following along from the Twitter and if you've been so kind enough to listen to this whole thing. We uh, appreciate you and thank you very much. And uh, stay safe out there in these crazy times, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.